This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, May 11th, 2020. So good to have you joining us the day after Mother's Day. Hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. You know, last year we did a really fun doubleheader Mother's Day special. We had Marsha Davies and her daughter, Emily, uh, on the podcast. We also had Marilyn Richardson and Jason Frazier on, a mother-daughter team and a mother Sun team. It was such a good interview. We talked about it some. This year just kind of got away from me, everyone. I don't know what happened. It seems like maybe it's the COVID. We're all going on, especially what's going on in the industry. But it just seems like there's so many hot topics to talk about. That really kind of took over my attention. Again, today's hot topic, we've got Greg Keith joining us, Chief Risk Officer for Jenny May. We're going to be talking about the Jenny May approval process and the essentials you need to know about. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're just so grateful to have you, our listeners, in on this podcast. I want to give special thank you out to the Industry Syndicate. We'll be doing a podcast on coming Friday at 11 o'clock. We'll be putting out notes on that, so check our website. Also, I want to give a big shout out. You know, we have many leaders in our industry that listen to our podcast, and one of my clients and good friends has become such a good friend is Bill Shattuck, owner of Willowbend Mortgage. He's listening in today because I told him, you don't want to miss this, what we're talking about. So, Bill, good to have you here. Bill's one of the many owners that listens to our podcast, uh, owners of mortgage companies. He's a non-involved mortgage owner owns a mortgage company, doesn't directly get involved, and always love to have the owners out there. We have industry participants like Bill, senior most owners of companies. By the way, one of my favorite stories is when Bill picked up the phone and called our legislator when we were going through some things. It's fun working in that caliber individual who could just pick up the phone and got Roger Williams right out of a committee meeting and had him step out and talk to us on the phone in a conference call. Kudos out to all you leaders. I think that we cannot do enough to be connecting together. And hopefully the Lickin' on Lending podcast is helping, as we say here in Texas, all y'all connect around topics that we have similar talking points. That really gets us off into talking about the top 2019 top performers podcast. It was one that we aired on Monday of last week in the morning. Social survey had that out. So it was really good to get that out. You can go check it out. It's on YouTube. We'll put a link in our show notes there, but the 2000 social survey top performers surveys results are out. You got to check this out, folks. Go check out the link in YouTube. I tell you, I love what social survey is doing on reputation management, and now they're putting out top performers, and we have several of our clients at the top of the list. 
so thrilled about it. You could go on and on. Just go check out the YouTube video that we put on our link in our show notes on the Lickin' on Lending website and see what it takes to be a top performer. And for those of you that are not using social survey, it's my free plug to them. Use them and check out what you can do. It's really impressive. I want to say a special thank you to the NBA. We're talking about the importance of having your voice be heard. They're one of our sponsors. We're very thrilled to have them. But check out the interview that I did with Bill Kelmer and Pete Mills on April 17th talking about what's going on. And we've also got an MBA State of Industry address coming up this week, if I'm not mistaken. But check it out at the MBA website. Become a member of the MBA. I got so thrilled when I heard from Trisha Megliazzo the other day, who told me that, hey, if someone was listening to your podcast and you were admonishing them or encouraging them to become a member of the MBA, and they did. Those of you that are listening, thank you for taking action on that recommendation. It meant a lot to them, and of course, it means a lot to have you guys following on what we recommend. Also, I want you to check out Fusion Bot, which is a Finastra product. It works great, addressing so many issues. Go to our website, listen to the videos we have there. A lot going on, a lot of development at Finastra. And also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these are co-ops that help you create competitive advantages in the marketplace. Also, Community Lenders of America is another. Pleased to have their sponsorship, as well as Indicom as well as Incelerate. Love what Josh and company, Josh Friend, is doing at Incelerate. It's a leading-edge product that allows you to enhance your borrower engagement. Some really impressive tools of what they're using. Also, Ainsworth Advisors. I'm so thrilled to have them as a sponsor. Check out Adam Wellwood's testimony that he did. Save 300000 by just having Ainsworth as an advisor. AI Assist, using artificial intelligence to reach borrowers. Such an exciting thing that they're doing, as well as Celebrity Home Loans. Worked with them last week on a major approval for them. Really fun to work with Pete Gabrion. Go listen to his podcast November 18th, as well as Knowledge Cube. I'm doing more with Knowledge Cube Learning Management System. Really impressed with what Ken Perry and the team have done, as well as Mobility RE and Modix. Both of these are using powerful tools which you can go in and search for loan officers and realtors that just meet exactly your profile, what you're looking to do with it. Both these companies do a great job out there. They're actually very complimentary to each other. Some view them as competitors. I view them as complimentary, great companies. Check them out, Modex as well as Mobility RE. Also, Velma does a great job of getting the word out. Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant is what Velma stands for. And then also VendorSurf. VendorSurf is a great way for you to find the latest vendors. So check out VendorSurf.com as well as Vidyard. We use them for our video production. Also, a special thank you goes out to Alice, Andy, and Alan and Joe for their contributions each and every week. So let's jump over to Les Parker and get this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Less. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. But markets can't tell the false from the real. Who can they trust? Who can they trust? Some of the world's largest hedge funds are turning to gold. They forecast devaluations of major currencies sparked by central banks' unprecedented responses to the economic coma to fight coronavirus. A while back, TM Spotlight wrote, Anticipate flight to gold more than flight to treasuries. Don't be surprised when the central banks doubt each other's creditworthiness. Gold is the credit swap for central banks, so everyone wants to turn to gold. 
These are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Dang. Good word. So you're wondering why I said dang, right? Let me tell you. We are, I'm saying dang because I sold my, all my gold out of price. Now I'm going to held on to some of that. Oh, well. So anyway, Les Parker, good job. Everything's turning to gold, folks. That's a bit ominous when you start thinking that everyone's starting to look at gold as the, the primary thing rather than bonds. Doesn't bode well for what lies ahead. Check out tmspotlight.com to subscribe to Les's daily update. Joe Farr, good to have you here with us as you are each and every week. I don't know. I wasn't encouraged by hearing everyone's out buying gold, Joe, other than I wish no. I, had, I wish I had not sold mine. It did real well. It sold at a nice profit. I should have held on to it. Good to hear your voice. What you got for us? MBS prices are down a bit today. They've yeah. fallen to be there down about a quarter of a point. I can't point to anything real specifically. There's been some news about an antigen that's been approved by the FDA that may have some promise and things like that. Or really, all it takes the stock market was lower this morning, opened lower after Europe was lower, but they've since rallied and are now down back to almost break even. Some of that also may be based on some favorable information regarding that antigen. But you know, so the stock prices both. Bonds and stock prices continue to fluctuate based on what headlines are coming out of the virus. Last week, MBS prices fell 25 basis points or so. The data really didn't have much to do with it. Even the jobs data didn't move the market. Yeah. Can you imagine a loss of 20 million jobs and worst unemployment rate ever? Well, the stock market rallies 455 points. It's like shake your head. You have to. Maybe the one reason is that those numbers were pretty close to the consensus numbers. And, you know, the, the forecasters have just been terrible at putting out consensus as to what might come out. But last week, the numbers were really spot on as far as consensus goes. So I'll give them credit for a change. And, you know, it's a little bit of a drop in MBS prices. Mortgage rates are still near the lowest of all time. It's so low that now a 2% mortgage back security is needed. And, you know, when you think about a mortgage-backed security, that's the yield on a security, and you add a servicing yeah. fee and a guaranteed fee. And, you know, you're talking about mortgages with coupons, you know, at three or so. So it's good. Good times for mortgage lending. We always counter-cyclical, so it's a good time. If we can just get everyone back to work and, and verify that they're working, we will have a robust market. Dave, in the week ahead, you know, I think it'd be a lot like this last week was not driven by economic data, even though there's some pretty important stuff coming out. we got CPI coming out tomorrow. Weekly jobless claims have been important on Thursdays, and then retail sales on Friday. So, you know, some pretty important economic data that will show just how weak April was, all that's April data except the jobless claims. You know, what, what really is going to become the focus is the pace of reopening versus the pace of new coronavirus numbers. And so, and then also, Dave, the Treasury auction, $100 billion worth of longer-dated treasuries this week. And then they're also introducing a 20-year treasury. It's going to auction $20 billion of that next week. So what they're doing is issuing these longer-dated instruments that will compete with mortgage-backed securities. And you know, anytime you got the amount of supply that they're going to issue to pay for the stimulus plans to pay for the ongoing deficit, 
and you know, if we start doing a lot of refinances and mortgage-backed securities are issued right and left, there's going to be a lot of supply on the market. And anytime there's a lot of supply, if you don't have the demand to meet it, prices are going to fall and yield will rise. And so security options hadn't been a, an important thing to do so recently, but I think it's going to become more as it could have an impact on intraday and, and overall longer-term mortgage rate. Yeah, I think this is going to be such an unusual season all the way around, Joe. I don't know sure what they think about some of this, other than it, yeah. it is unusual. So, anything? What are you saying? Rates are going to continue to stay at these levels? Any? You want to make a wager uh, predictions? I, yeah, I don't. I don't think that there's a reason for them to go up much in the near term, but no. I, I certainly expect that maybe it's just the amount of treasury auctions that come on, or or maybe it's the amount of refinance activity that produces new MBS, but the Big supplies of long-term debt are, are going to have to find a market, and that would be one of my bigger concerns. Well, how to monitor all this is so important. Thanks, Joe, for bringing us the latest information. Look forward to having you listen to and give our feedback on the, I said, Jenny May, hot topic. I was going to say, I want you to participate, but it's pre-recorded. Yeah. So okay. if you can stick around and probably catch a few comments afterwards if you want to, that'd be awesome. A lot of people ask me, Joe, what am I using to monitor the markets? And I got to tell you, I started using recently MBS Live. I am loving this. What Matthew Graham has put together on this website is amazing. Go check out mbslive.com. And then the other one that I use is one with Barry Habib that puts on every week. It's MBS Highway. Dear friend, I love Barry and his whole team. Go check out the interview we had just recently with Dan Habib. Barry's got a new book he's releasing, Money in the Streets. I want to encourage everyone to go out and buy that book, read it. Lots of good stuff. He actually had a long interview last week with Mark Calabria, and he did a swing on us. He said Mark convinced him of his position he's at and the position he's taking, and don't have time to get into all that for the sake of it, but I encourage you to go out to MBS Highway and listen to the interview that Barry did last Monday, I believe, with Mark Calabria and kind of what the plans are, what's going on. So very interesting information on these two products and services. I use both of them. Very, very pleased with it. Joe, thank you so much for your feedback today. Really appreciate sure. it. Alice Alvey, so good to have you with us this week. We missed you last week. Alice is live, and she is the CMBA designation. She's also Vice President of Trading and Education at Union Home. Bill Cosgrove and Al do a great job at that company. And they're so smart because they hired the best because we just think that highly of you, Alice. Good to have you with us. Appreciate you. Thank you, Dave. Yes, I am very, very fortunate to work at Union Home Mortgage. And uh, Bill Cosgrove and Al Blank are just tremendous leaders. I've learned a lot from them. So it's a great place to work. So I'm going to segue into the legislative update, which is really interesting. So GovTracks is one of my go-to sites out of the many that I search to see what's going on. And they put up a post I thought I wanted to think all of you should be aware of. So where is Congress during the pandemic? So by this time in 2019, Congress had held more than 535 more committee meetings and 108 more votes than it has this year. When you look at the calendar, you can see, okay, they were working through February and March just as before, and then now April and May, they aren't doing anything, and I think we're still paying them. So that's another issue, right? So when Congress was last in session, there were 27 legislators who were self-quarantined, and six of them had tested positive. And basically, it left everything going on in Congress to an absolute halt. 
Uh, there was a report published back in March 23rd of this year, and it's all about the majority staff report examining voting options during the pandemic. So why don't they just hold votes remotely? They have rules that say they need to be face-to-face and sitting in the House chamber. Well, that's not happening. Anybody who thinks this is just temporary, I'm of the mindset, we've entered into a stage where really grasping how to work remote. Consumers aren't going to want to sit face-to-face for applications. Congress has to figure out how to vote remote. And it came out from their committee, of course, this was a congressional report. When you read it, I'm sorry, you know, it's hard not to laugh because (laughs) they're concerned about technology. We're all on Zoom. My mom's 84 and she's on Zoom. It works great. And the the report talks (laughs) as if, oh, we're going to have a technology problem. How are we going to know who votes? I mean, the report is like it was written in the 60s on how are we going to pull this off? And and then they talk about, well, what if the congressman doesn't have reliable cell air? And I'm thinking, if they don't have reliable cell air, then neither do their constituents. So that's something they should be actively solving for, right? Because in this world, (laughs) everybody needs reliable access to the Internet. So anyway, it was just kind of, crazy this report that was all concerned and, and they didn't move forward so my message to our listeners and would love to get MBA's take on this is we have to get congress moving now that they can work remote yes. figure out the technology they're smart people they do a lot more complicated stuff than this and get back to work because they're not working right now they're not doing anything and there's too much at stake right now when you look at different house bills and things that do need to get done that are very related to proper funding of different issues related to the pandemic. You know, we don't want them paying attention to mortgages. They got other stuff to go pay attention to unless they're giving us relief. But we need them back in business and they're not functioning right now. So either take a pay cut like everybody else had to who's not working full time or get back to work and figure out how to do it remote. That's kind of my two cents today, Dave, on the legislative update. Love it. I love it. I went to the website, (laughs) govtrack.us, everybody. Go check this out. We'll put it Mm -hmm. in our show notes. I love it. Where is Congress? There's a banner that pops up. It's time for Congress to get back to work remotely. I love that. We're in election season, which David Stevens always says is a silly season anyway. It's craziness what goes on. But this one is just absurd. The number of positions that have not yet been filled by this Congress, I'm just so upset with them. Anyway, don't even get me started. Well, you get a lot of people to go, well, you can't have private meetings, right? How do you, well, figure it out. You can do this with Zoom. You're still take attendance. Zoom it. And you're going to have to go face-to-face to to vote on the rules changes. So we all agree there are rule changes made, but go do it. That's ridiculous, (laughs) yeah. If your mom could do it, and your mom's smart, and smart, smart lady. But I was talking to Bill Stipek, a dear friend of mine who is one of the guys that was in the industry. He's retired out now for a number of years with Golden West and then with Wachovia and all of that. I called Bill and asked him, what, what are you doing? Because out in front of his lake house, and, and we used to be neighbors on, on Beaver Island here in, on Lake LBJ. And I was talking, he says, we're doing a Zoom meeting right now with all our family. So they had a Zoom Mother's Day meeting. And I thought, how fun. Yeah, what you can do. So we were trying we to celebrate it on the way. Is that what you did too? Yeah, well, we were also celebrating our youngest daughter's birthday. So it was a birthday, Mother Day's combined. So we went on the lake, and I thought about you and Andy and how much fun we had out on Torch Lake at that one time. So appreciate you, Alice Alvey, at many levels. Greet Andy. So glad to have you here. Appreciate it. And say hi, of course, to 
Bill and Al and Great Company Union Home Mortgage. Let's get over to a tech update. Alan Pollock's here. What you got for us today, Alan? My goodness, Alice, you said some key words that were just absolutely fantastic. So consumers are not going to want to sit face to face and my mom's on Zoom and it works great. So I'm going to save yeah. those. We're going to use them a few times. What, David, what is the difference between a smart herb garden for $99.95 or a fun pop socket phone grip for $10? <laughs> I have no idea. What? We're both in the top five list of tech gifts from Mother's Day. Are you serious? And what's amazing, yeah, but the number one is an Amazon Echo smart speaker, believe it or not, and wireless earbuds and a fitness tracker are in there as well. Yeah, if you're looking to grow with a Bluetooth LED light, you can get yourself a smart herb garden. Moving on to better news. I had no idea I saw this, and I thought this was interesting, just thinking of, you know, our technology has to work, right? It's got to be up and running all the time. Netflix added 16 million new signups during the COVID which I thought was amazing. Yeah. They've blown away all the competition as far as total amount of subscribers. They have very minimal tech issues, if any, and their share has grown over 30% this year. Can you believe it? I heard so Universal Studios is now going to start releasing some of their new films via Netflix because they're anticipating this is going to change the way people go to movies. I still want to, can't wait to get back yeah. to a movie movie theater. But yeah, I get it. That's something that's happening. So the theaters are now boycotting Universal Studios. There's some really interesting things that are coming to come Amazing. out. Of I'm not sure that we have all figured it out, but we are going to be living life a little bit differently. For well, sure. why, yeah, and not even movies, but why watch one episode on TV that ends after lots of commercials when you can binge watch five of them? The, there the you story go. continues. Yeah. Yeah. So, we binge-watched The Chosen, which I'd recommend for anybody, over Easter, and it was amazing. And yeah, it's so fast. You just get on there and watch it. Well, hopefully, David, people are binge-listening to us because you yeah. can do that, too. They are. And So check this out. MasterCard, really cool, CNBC, they have said that contactless payments jumped 40% as shoppers fear germs on cash and credit cards. It's funny because I read this, and then this morning I was listening to Breaking Banks. Yep. And, you know, they, they talked about one of the gentlemen on the podcast says, I don't agree. He goes, it's called initiated contactless, but it's not contactless because all you do is start it, but you still have to sign your name or enter your pin code. The only place, and I think he said that's truly contactless is Chick-fil-A. So if you're interested in learning more about contactless, you can Google that. But MasterCard put some stats out there. They have seen a 40% increase in their contactless cards. We will get there, I'm sure. Apple pays a lot, obviously a lot easier. And the new norm is probably going to include a lot of people or even our credit card companies, for example, sending out those new contactless chip cards that you could just tap on the top of the screen. All right, David, you know, we talked, uh, and I mentioned this the last two weeks, you know, I, I made a statement, technology adoption is more significant today than any time in the past. I wanted to chat quickly today about AI and smart speakers. Plus, it was number one on the list for Mother's Day gifts, technology side. And voicebot.ai had a survey. They said that now 90 million adults have smart speakers, basically one-third of all U.S. adults. And what they said is a 32% growth of digital assistance in the last year. And, Alice, that brings me back to what you said, right? Customers are not going to want to sit face-to-face. And it even makes you think of all the credit unions and, and folks that, not just credit unions, but folks that did the mortgage process, 
or the financial experience, whether you're a financial analyst or consultant or a planner, you're still part of the mortgage process and you did these things face to face. So because of that process, times have now changed. And, you know, David, we talked a lot about chatbots. You and I even did a mini prototype. I've also done a chatbot prototype and a digital human prototype in the years past. Very interesting. I, I want to share two quick things. One is the market share. Amazon right now has a 50% market share. It's actually 53%. Google has a 30% market share on smart speakers. And then there's a couple other ones that fill in the gap. In 2019, Amazon had a 61% market share. So there's actually been a drop in market share because other systems and other components have sort of come to market, which is kind of interesting. So we're still seeing a growth, but we're seeing a slowdown, a drop in certain devices. Anyways, where I'm going with this is, you know, many of us have tried a chatbot strategy. We continue to think about chatbot. The new norm is forcing us to think of ways to interact with our customers, with members. A great example, David, I heard on uh, Breaking Banks, actually, Aspire Credit Union. What they did, and this doesn't have anything to do with technology, the federal government, when they gave the stimulus checks out, they went and automatically tried to send them to all of the ACH information they have. But it turns out that those bank accounts don't exist anymore. They were closed. And so what the credit union did is for their members, they called every single member and they wow. verified what the new account info is so that the stimulus checks didn't go to a black hole. Now, that wasn't a technology thing. That's a relationship thing. And so when we think about yeah. chatbots and digital assistants, we're coming to a world where even face-to-face, -face, if you walk into a branch, how can we make that experience contactless? Now, there's privacy concerns. There's security concerns. Right. But just today, right. you know, David, if you think back many podcasts, we talked about you know, how loan officers took 13 times, 13, I think, in order to, to sort of, you know, hook line and bring in that deal. But what we're talking about is, you know, a conversational experience, human emotion and empathy, building trust, and then getting more data. The more data we have, we can build more experience and we can create that conversation. I will focus next week on more about what we're doing in our industry with chatbots and voice assistants. I just wanted yeah. to tease the topic and sort of gives everyone something to yeah. think about. But the new norm may include a lot more digital assistance. Oh, yeah. I, I thoroughly well expect it. But I got to ask you a question. Yeah. I, I've seen it so many times. I can't remember who initially turned me on to it. But, you know, Alexa for seniors is called Alexa Silver. Have you seen what Saturday Night Live did with that video? It is hilarious. So, Google, if you haven't looked at it, folks, Google what I just Googled was a senior citizen Alexa video. It's the one that, you know, if you want to put Alexa silver, it is hilarious. I love it. Seniors uh, are picking up I on this stuff. I will put it on my LinkedIn. And yeah. I've got a, another one, too. I'll put two of them on my LinkedIn this afternoon. Love to hear some feedback and comments for everyone. And don't forget, you can reach me, Alan, at TMS-advisors.com. Yeah. yeah, good advisor, too. He is. Alan, thank you so much for being here with us. Appreciate you, friend. Thank you. Andy Likewise. Shell, the prophet doctor for Andy Shell. I got to get the doctor in front because you got a doctor on both ends. So we, we call him officially Dr. Andy Shell, and he's also known as the prophet doctor. So one is a ID identifier, who he is, what he's about, and the other one is his official title, Dr. Andy Shell. So good to have you back here with us. He's also, Thank I should you. mention, CPA, CFF, CMB, PhD, blah, blah, blah. Lots of stuff. Andy, and I love you. Best of all, well, good friend, BFF of Lickin. 
<laughs> you too. Well, I, I just got my trademark issued. Dr. Shell the Prophet Doctor is now a registered trademark. Uh-huh. Oh, that's my, that's my, my new name. Hey, I had the Alan commented about Alice. I too wanted to comment real quick about what Alice said about that Congress can't vote remotely. The thing that I find so astoundingly hypocritical about that is they yeah. want for citizens to vote for the president remotely by mail yes. or whatever, but yes. they can't vote remotely through a secure setup. Great point. It's just it, it's all so self-serving. The hypocrisy it is. I think we, the electorate, are just getting just so fed up with this Congress. And the games they're playing right now is just, it's not going to go well for the Dems. I've got a bad, bad feeling for them. Not that we want to get into politics. We want to talk about profit and loss, P&Ls, how you can make more money. And that's so that's today, good feedback. Today we have the privilege of having Greg Keith from Jimmy May talking about Jimmy May approvals on the show here immediately after this segment, I suppose. So I wanted to talk a little bit about just broadly agency approval, agency relationships, uh, performance management, and a little acronym known as CMS that is often misunderstood. So talking about that, you know, some independent mortgage bank managers think that more volume is more profit and that's it. We're good. It's all good. Don't ask me any more questions. The problem is, though, that it, this is a very short-sighted view because clearly, while making money is essential for survival, the the but is when you're in a consumer-facing industry generating profit through consumer transactions, we have to consider how we make money an equally important question to address. So I'm, I'm bringing this up because this ties back into the Ginny May or any agency approval right. process. So you know, we, we know that the how mortgage lenders make money is important, and this actually was, came out of the crash, you know, the 2008 crash, which led to the regulatory reform. In that regulatory reform, we ended up with the CFPB, and it, it specifically, if you ever want to look this up, is because you're a nerd. Section <laughs> 1024 of Title 10 of the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform yep. and Consumer Protection Act of 2010 established the Consumer Protection Protection Bureau of the CFPB. Now, the thing about the CFPB, it, it is authorized to supervise any entity engaged in providing consumer financial products. So if you're a mortgage lender, you're under the CFPB guidance. Now, you know this. This isn't new. CFPB has been busy dealing with stuff. But here's where the rubber starts to meet the road when we start talking about dealing with federal agencies. Because all the federal agencies talk, and they all know what each other expects. The CFPB said that every mortgage lender must maintain a compliance management system. That's the CNS, a compliance management system. And it's Mm -hmm. it's not a computer system. It's a broad set of guidance and broad set of control design that I'm going to talk about here in just a second. So the, the CFPB said that this compliance management system has to be fully integrated into the framework of the mortgage lender, including product design delivery and administration across the entire product and service life cycle. So everything you do has to be touched by, monitored by, watched by your compliance 
management system. So that's why we have the CMS, and it's a system of checks and balances and oversight to ensure consumer protection. Now, this also enables management and employees to self-identify issues and implement correct action. So the mortgage banker sits back and goes, well, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, we do that. Checkbox. The problem is it goes deeper than that. The CFPB specifically says that the compliant management system is implemented through two independent control components. And those two control components are, you want to go down agency approval? This is what you got to do for agency approval. This is a minimum. You've got to have this oversight design. The first control component is a board of directors, an advisory board, and management oversight. And that management oversight piece means that you watch it, you check it, you manage it, you monitor it, and you do something about it. But that's just that's just part. And some folks don't even have that. The other part is you have to have an operational structure that includes policies and procedures and not just something right. you downloaded from all regs. It has to be real. It has to really be do what, do what you do. You have to have training, monitoring. Monitoring means you're watching to make sure people do the procedures you designed. And you have to have QWR, Qualified Written Request. That's when a consumer writes you a letter about something and they want something. You have to respond to them in five days. You have to have it resolved in 30 days or you have to ask for permission. And you have to track all this stuff. Now, I, I teach all this stuff, so that's why it's familiar to me. I, I teach CMS yeah. and some of the MBA webinars I teach. So but here's the bottom line. If you want to swim in the agency waters, then you have to have governance, oversight, and monitoring of measurement. Some folks barely have measurement. You not only have to measure, you have to monitor and then right. act. Here's three questions I would, I would pose for people to consider when heading down this agency path. Do you have a board or an advisory board that has the ability to monitor and influence the business? Yes or no? Are all of the procedures monitored to ensure compliance through an internal control and quality assurance process? within your organization, it's either yes or no, you either do or you don't. Do you fully embrace the requirements of qualified written requests to track and respond to requests timely? And you either do or you don't. If you answer don't know, maybe, or no to any of those, then you're not ready for an agency approval because you're probably going to so fail. true. Jenny May, as part of the agencies, which are federally interacting, so all these agencies interact together, they expect companies, they approve, to address they all so of these compliance so system requirements. If you can't, you have to do this. This isn't an option. Just Google CFPB CMS and yeah. make sure you've done everything. Then you're beginning to be able to make an agency application. So I, it's yeah. the truth. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's way harder than you think. Well, I can say that with a tongue in cheek. It's not, it's not necessarily harder than you think if you do all this stuff. As long yeah, as you do exactly all that right. stuff well, yeah. then, then you can be okay. It's so good, Andy. And I just had a client, uh, last week was a big week for one of my clients. We took him through a Mora review, and then we took him through, mm -hmm. which is a Fannie Mae Mora review, and we then took him, we, we spent, can't tell you how long we prepared them for this, and then we ran them through a mock Mora review, and then they went through the Mora review. They did really well. They came out fine. They're going to get approved of Fannie Mae and the full service and all that. But, I mean, I tell you, there's so many of the things that we had to prepare them for is so true. You bring up a really good one, and that is, do you have an advisory board? That is so important. 
I know Andy Shell, you do advisory, you serve on boards, I serve on boards. I also created Ainsworth Advisors for that very reason. So check out AinsworthAdvisors.com. If you're looking for an advisory board, check that out. Of course, you can always get a hold of Andy mm-hmm. Shell at Dr. Andy Shell at MBS-team.com. Yeah. I was so let, me add a, let, let me add one more thing on that advisory board point. This, this yeah. is not a sometime, every once in a while, yeah. free thing. You need to get a board, have it meet at least quarterly, ideally monthly, have a package that they review, that they respond to, ask questions that they approve, even if they're just an advisory board, not an actual board. And you probably need to be prepared to pay the member something and also make sure they're independent. You've got to have independent participants. It'll be a world of difference. It'll feel uh, odd to a mortgage company to have external people watching stuff. But welcome yep. to the world of government-sponsored businesses offering products to consumers. This is the world. Just get over it. Do it. If you don't, yep. you're not going to be as successful as you could have been. So true. Appreciate it. Again, Andy Shell can be reached at drshell, S-C-H-E-L-L, at mbs-team.com. Well, thank or, you so or, much. Or just Andy. <laughs> or just Andy. Yeah, that's I'm it. it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of right. Or just Andy at mbs-team.com. Either one of them do. So good job, Andy. Appreciate it so much. Appreciate you all being a part of the podcast. All the Alice, Andy, Joe, the whole group. We appreciate all y'all for being here. That wraps up this week's mortgage update. That's the first half of our podcast. For those of you who are listening live, don't go anywhere. We're going to get right into it. Uh, If you're listening on a downloaded basis, this will wrap up this podcast and then continue on listening in to Gregory Keith, who we'll have on in just a second. For those of you listening live, stay right here. Good to have you with us, everybody. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors. Look at our sponsor page, all of our sponsors. But I want to call special attention out to Finastra. Say thank you to them as well as Indicom and Celerate, Ainsworth Advisor. We already talked about them. And uh, just so grateful for all of the sponsors that are here with us. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. This is the smell of a warm, three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.